Welcome back. Welcome back to Thanks for Your Concern, the podcast where you come and listen to our thoughts and our guests about society and culture through intersectional perspectives. You're here with Bernice. And I'm Ella. And I'm really excited for this week because we've had this topic on the back burner for a little bit. We're going to be talking about money, 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 baby. We're going to discuss money being Mm -hmm. cheap, manifesting money. We're going to get a little bit into pyramid schemes, all that jazz. I'm really really excited yeah and it's just us today no guests but there will be more so ella how you been i finished my 2000 piece puzzle that took me if you guys want to catch up that was like four or five weeks ago that i mentioned i got a puzzle so yeah it's (laughs) taken me a long time so i'm really happy that that's done but the sun is starting to come out in dreary weary Mm -hmm. seattle washington i'm getting my covid vaccine on monday yeah it's it's turning around yeah dude for real i'm excited for you to get this vaccine i am waiting like a few more weeks i think our doctor said that we needed to be like have our full taste back and smile but those are like coming back so i'm I'm feeling up for it funny story i woke up this morning to a call from my mother now not the mom that i usually talk about the one that like lives in seattle with me but um my parents are divorced and they got divorced when i was three and my like biological mom i like to call her bio mom even though i'm not adopted because I like never speak to her we don't have like a relationship at all and like a few a few days ago she like messaged me and she's like oh my god your sister told me you guys had COVID like this is how far off she is you know like mm. that happened weeks ago girl we're, we're on to something new can I call you and I was like yeah sure whatever so today she calls me and I'm like hello and she's like oh my god like hi and I thought like she was gonna ask me like how I'm doing like you know she was concerned mm. I was like this is new for her but like I'll allow it and homegirl call me to tell me to get on a diet. <laughs> you guys, I am shocked. The look on my face. I have not like spoken on the phone with this woman for like maybe four years, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, hey, what's up? And she's like, I don't know, like I just did this diet and it was great. Like, and I was wondering like if you want to do it too, blah, 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 blah. Like it'll get rid of like fat in these places. And I was like, what is she the try- fuck are you is talking Is she a part about? of some kind of pyramid scheme that she's trying Girl, to get you I don't on? know. I don't know. Um, And I was just like, Mm, I was ready to pop off, but like me being my best self, like I've been to therapy, I've discussed how I was like, she doesn't affect me anymore. You know, uh, I was like, you know what? Like, thank you. It's just really not my priority right now to like lose weight. I'm like pretty happy with how I look. And she was like, like, really? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I just really don't subscribe to like wanting to be thin, but thanks. And then she like literally was shook. Like it was basically as if I had like come out of the closet to her because I like said I, I'm allegedly like fat. So um, that was a that was a wake up call for me. I was just like, damn, here we are sliding back with toxic traits. But anyways... <laughs> That's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's a big uh, thank mm-hmm. you for your concern. Yeah, no, I definitely thanks for your concern, her in Spanish, yeah. obviously. And I was just like, okay, like, I'll talk to you in three years. <laughs> Check in in a while. Yeah. Well, dude, that is a uh, way to start off the episode. Absolutely. So we get like into the the other tea. I don't know if yeah, they can yeah. top it, but I'm sure it will. I'm sure. Let's begin the show. Oh, 
All right, everybody. So money, we all use it. We all we live in a capitalist society, unfortunately, where money does run the world. And I know that they say that money doesn't buy happiness, but I've been thinking about it and it sure fucking helps. Okay, it fucking helps to do basically anything that you want to do in life. Well, you know, and there's an econ concept called diminishing returns. There's at some point where money doesn't make you any happier, Mm -hmm. but being poor is really stressful yeah very hard you know funny enough the other day i was um like oh i think i'm gonna buy some orange juice and i like thought about it because in my previous like broke life like buying orange juice was like not that accessible Mm -hmm. and i like sat there and i was like oh i'm like allowed to buy orange juice now i don't have to like think about it think you think about yeah and so i was like wow how far have i have come and that's like a very you know i was so happy and blissful in the moment because you realize honestly in the grand scheme of things Mm -hmm. We are all pretty blessed. I agree. I'm finally in a good financial point in my life where I'm like happy to like be making moves and I don't feel like stressed about money. So I am very grateful for that. I know people have different financial situations, but like growing up, it wasn't like that at all. It was like very unstable. I like kind of had to look out for myself. So I'm at a good spot to kind of like reflect on money and some of our experiences that as a growing up as a like broke girl with like no idea about like credit or our budgets and whatnot. I feel like I can give I made some mistakes that, you know, I yeah. can share. <laughs> Let's start into it. I would say that, you know, just giving a little bit of background. I got a job babysitting like really young because like I wanted to buy things. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Like I didn't live in the type of household where like I just got stuff like if it wasn't Christmas birthday. No. So I started babysitting really young because like to be honest, babysitting was a good gig. Like it is. I would babysit literally every Friday, Saturday, especially in Seattle. Like I would literally like I would just literally charge whatever and they would do it. I remember one New Year's Eve I made like $300 because no one wanted to babysit. And I was like, this is a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, you got to hit the the young hustle, okay? I definitely, like, for prom, for things like that, that I knew, like, my parents just, like, were not going to give me money for, for cheer uniforms, all that shit. I had to have a job in high school. And then in college, I was a broke bitch. Reference to episode, I believe, is, like, four broke girls, three maybe, that you can, like, go listen to if you haven't so yet. But where we talk about college and being broke. But basically, I since I did, I, like, I had a home, my money was, like, very... I used it for whatever. I didn't really, like, think about it because mm-hmm. all I really needed to do was, like, buy myself shit and enjoy. And I also started drinking in high school, so, like, a lot of my money went to, like, drinking... It was a good deal. Some kegs were like $5. So right. it wasn't like I was spending a lot of money on alcohol or anything crazy like that. But, you know. <laughs> I definitely, like, didn't know how to save. Like, instead of, like, I probably could have saved my money and actually bought something substantial. But instead, I was, like, Sephora VIB, where it's, like, <laughs> you've spent over $1,000 this year. Because I would buy, like, you know, $50 amounts, like, yeah. every weekend. And then I was, like... Dang, I have all this makeup that I no longer... Makeup goes bad. Like, I would have been far better off putting that in a savings account and, like, doing something with it in a lump sum. But you just don't understand it. And I had no self-control. I mean, I saw other people like my sister, great saver, amazing. Admire her for that. But uh, not learning how to save when I was younger, definitely, like, now it's more difficult to understand how to save in, like, a smart, efficient way. Right. (laughs) But right off the bat, I think we just want to start off talking about like the relationship that we have with money and others have with money. It's interesting because obviously like money is a stress factor. Money can bring you not opportunities, but like say right now I'm looking for like a camera to vlog with. 
It's like yeah. the cheapest one's like five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, yeah, I get that anyone can do anything they want if they like set their mind to. But in order to like get material that like has nice resolution, nice quality, whatever, that's expensive. Mm-hmm. So funny because like I my anxiety makes me feel like I'm gonna die anyway. So it's like why mm-hmm. hold on to this money? You know, like. <laughs> Let's spend it all today. You can't take it with you when you go. No, you don't. Which is true to a certain amount. Like, I don't think you should be, like, hoarding money, but saving is a good idea. So I think sometimes I get a little willy-nilly with my money because I'm like, what if I die tomorrow? I want this thing now. (laughs) Let me treat all my friends today. Yeah. (laughs) And speaking of friends, it's always a bad idea to borrow money from friends. Yeah, so borrowing money from friends is a bad idea. I've never really borrowed money from friends, but the thing is, is I have, from some life experiences, have realized that you should not uh, lend money to friends that you want or expect back. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like, if you want that money back and it's gonna, like, like, you need the money back, like, you have bills to pay, but you help your friend out, that's just never a good idea. You should just assume that money's gone. Literally. And if if you're okay with giving them that money and knowing that it's gone like i've definitely like known people who've like helped their friend out and it's been like they really needed the money but you just can't expect it back that's all i agree um i had i saw this girl on facebook post like a very uh like suicidal post and she's not my friend but i checked in because i was like uh this might be like a cry for help and i don't know if she has family friends anybody who's helping her and she basically like explained to me her situation and like yeah she could have been trying to scam me but i was just like hey i can i can try to support you with like thirty dollars you don't have to pay me back like that's just like what I'm willing to part with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did it and like she was grateful for it and I don't feel any certain way about it. But definitely uh, don't expect the money back. No. Um, and it, I think with friendship and money, it I don't know why money makes people like so uncomfortable to like even talk about. Like even when you're speaking like about salaries and stuff, people are always like in the hush. I was like, oh, I made yeah and it's like bitch why are you whispering i think it's you know it's really interesting and like what i feel like i felt like this in college and like recently it's been really popular for people to like pretend like they know the broke struggle they're like oh my god i'm so broke like i'm Mm -hmm. poor like being poor is like in vogue right now i (laughs) i mean maybe that's just like with the frugal like no i'm just saying like being like living the broke lifestyle hustling like that's really in style but then you but you're like Wait, no, but your parents pay your bills. Yeah. You hustling didn't, oh, for you, alcohol. So you didn't actually experience poverty. Right. <laughs> like, hustling for alcohol money isn't the same as not being able to feed yourself and, like, be financially stable. There's a really yeah. big difference to me. And, like, no offense. Like, it, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but just, like, pretending, like, oh, my God, I know, bro. It's so hard out here. And it's like, wait. Is but it? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Stop lying. Yeah, please. <laughs> I, I have, since I'm in a more financial situation, I have recently realized that, being financially stable is just like one thing that like really brings me peas. So mm-hmm. with moving to New York, like some people, some friends have reached out and be like, oh yeah, like, you know, you might struggle or you might want to couch surf. And I was like, no, like <laughs> that is not the mood I'm going for. Like I am very much a planner when it comes to like my moves. So me moving really has to do with like me being in a good state of mind and for me to be in a good state of mind I gotta be in a good financial place like I don't want to struggle no more yeah and I mean if you're listening to this and you're broke honestly like I literally would stress out because I was like you know I had those situations where I was like what bill am I gonna pay literally like like living paycheck to paycheck but like barely making it or like having like and I mean it's something that we don't talk about a lot in America but being broke is expensive because Mm -hmm. it's like 
you know, oh, like I'm late on rent. That's a hunt. Like now it's one hundred and twenty dollars. But back then it was like forty dollars. And every month I'm paying forty dollars because extra because of the late fees. because of the late fees. And like, oh, like I really it would be better for me to go to Costco and buy thirty dollars worth of this. But instead, I'm buying it like a dollar at a time. And it ends up being like sixty dollars, like twice as expensive just because I don't have the money and resources to like buy the better thing. And I think a lot of people like forget that that our system is not set up to support broke people no (laughs) like the uh, complete opposite yeah and uh part of that i think it goes with like credit so i didn't understand like how credit works Mm -hmm. and like literally i just found out how credit works maybe probably like last year and i had a really bad credit score because in college I had a hospital bill that, like, I moved. I didn't get, like, any of the mail for. Mm -hmm. And then they sent me to collections. And I was like, fuck, how do I get out of collections? And they're like, well, you just have to pay this whole amount when I could have taken care of the situation way differently. And then I was in college. Like, I literally didn't have any money. I was like, how the fuck am I going to pay this off? Well, I'm just going to lay it fucking sit there until I can pay it off. Luckily, I paid it off. But the thing is, it made my credit score, like, plummet. So I was out of college. I couldn't get any fucking, like, credit cards any loans really because it was like I had such a low credit score and I think this is shitty that in like high school you don't learn about credit so I've been I don't know if it's lucky or fortunate but I got a credit card when I was 18 and then I was really good and I had like bomb credit going into like when I transferred to university and then they start giving (laughs) this is the weird part about credit is is that if you have good credit they literally and they don't give you money but it feels like they're giving you money yeah like they're allowing you to spend more money on the basis that you're gonna pay it back right and so for me I ended up getting a credit card with a really high credit limit and it's like it was kind of weird because I'm like, I don't have this much money, mm-hmm. but because of my credit and like, I didn't lie about any of my information. I did have a friend in college that lied about their income and then had a really high credit card limit and then backed out his credit card. I did kind of the same thing, but a little bit different. Like I just had an emergency and I'm like, fuck, well, I do have this credit card. Like, let me just pay yeah. this. And it's kind of fucked me to be honest. Like <laughs> whatever, it's uh, finally paid off. But long story short, you have to be so cre- careful with credit because it does feel like someone's giving you like $25,000 but it's like no they're allowing you to spend mm-hmm. that but you have to pay it back and the trap is that there's a minimum payment so like you don't have to pay off all your credit card mm-hmm. but you should uh, right <laughs> yeah and that's how they get you with the interest rates and that was another thing that i didn't fucking understand so and n- now that i'm like understanding how credit works and like trying to get a higher credit score so i can like be an adult and lease things by myself do everything by myself I'm understanding that like why it's so difficult to like raise your credit score and it's a fucking trap because they basically want you to be more in debt in order for you to raise your credit score so you show that you're paying it off which I get it like credit credibility I understand that but they need you to have debt they just don't want you to have too much debt so I'll give you a little of course like go to the internet but I've actually done a lot of research on this okay so if I was going to give a recommendation you really do need credit to rent. And that's kind of a, that's the shitty thing. I've been really fortunate enough that I've had good credit enough that I have never had to have a co-signer mm. on any of my leases, which is really dope. The reason why that is, is that if you get a credit card, you want to keep the, how much your amount is. So like, like let's say a thousand dollars, you want to keep it under $250 mm-hmm. and you want to pay it off every month. That's how you gain the most credit. And then the thing is, is when you have the opportunity to get an credit card or extend your limit you want to do that because a lot of places look at how much you're allowed to spend and how much debt you have 
to see if you should lease or to see if you should get a loan. So it's really hard, though. If you don't have the self-control to get a credit Limit card, yourself, yeah. get like a $500 credit card. Do not try and do anything crazy. Like you can call the credit card company and be like, hey, can I just get a $500 limit? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You could also do, I think they're called like secured credit cards where it's like a debit card, but it's technically like a credit card and it right. makes your credit. And you can your, also um, get bad at budgeting and like spending money. You can also look into your utilities, sometime utility companies and even your renting company. Like I know my renting company has the option to either put it on your credit or not. And I have so that's increased my credit score too there's a lot of reasons it's really fucked up that we need credit in this country it's really messed up funny story so i was in oregon and i had this i got into um an uber tesla and i was like you know how i am i talk up the uber driver and i was like he's like yeah i love my tesla my wife has one too and i was like damn like you got two tesla money he's like nope but i got two tesla credit And I was like laughing, but I'm like, but that's really how it is. Like, yeah, of course he didn't buy two Teslas outright, but he had enough. He had good enough credit to begin that. Basically buy two Teslas. Yeah. Yikes. We live in a fucked up world. We do. And I think with being a grown up also comes budgeting, which is like extremely difficult for me because, again, I have no self-control and it's something I've had to learn. Ella, do you have any tips about budgeting? So... I think first off, you if you have never had a budget before, but you're an adult, you need to sit down and look at what you're spending because I think it would be a really big reality check for a lot of people, you know, because I think yeah. if you don't like go back to your last month's expenses. I remember at one point in my life, I was spending like maybe two, three hundred dollars on Starbucks. Yeah. But that one's like such like a big one I feel with people that mostly like are on the go all the time because they're like just grabbing like a coffee or whatever. No, I'm there's like a lot of financial people like you might see like Dave Ramsey. He says spend no fucking money ever until you're out of debt or you have like six months worth of savings. I think that's impractical. (laughs) And clearly like cutting out Starbucks isn't going to um help you buy a house like but for me i didn't even know it was just more of a conscientious thing because for me i would like if someone's like how much you spend on starbucks a month i'd be like i don't know like 50 bucks would be what i would the number i would give and then i sat down i was like oh no it's like almost closer to like two it was closer to like 300 dollars at one point and i'm like oh i don't feel like that adds a lot of value to my life like do i really want to spend 300 dollars on starbucks when i could maybe spend it on like a nice night out to eat once a week Mm -hmm. instead of going to starbucks four times a week you know so it's just like kind of look at your money and say if a certain purchase is adding value to your life i think another one is like i think i spend before i sat down and like looked at everything i think i was spending like 200 dollars worth of like subscriptions to different things (laughs) yeah i mean the adobe one but it's like adobe hulu mm-hmm. um, it's a trap it, it yeah, is like, and now paramount's coming out with their own thing and then everything's coming out with or their like own. even like i have like these app subscriptions like i pay 5.99 for my chess app which i do appreciate <laughs> i'm really into chess i do like that but like there were so many and like oh god i literally i had so many and some of them okay so like i at one point something that happens in downtown seattle is you get stopped by people who want you to donate money Oh, yes, yes, yes. And one time she was like, we're trying to protect sex workers. And I'm like, yes, I'm really about that. (laughs) And but I was broke at one point where I was like, I have to cut this. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I cannot afford this like $24 a month. This is before I got my job. And I felt bad. But then now I'm like, okay, now those people are good, though. Like if salesman sells women sales E, um, they are amazing at getting you to subscribe to their stuff. They're always like kind of cute 
charming. Mm-hmm. It seems like they want to get your number, but actually they want to get your money for like the kids or the sex workers, which is kind of hot. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're, you know, long story fucking short, I was really okay spending that money then. But yeah. then I look at all my purchases and I'm like, I'm really tapped out. Like I need to lower my expenses a little bit. So I had to like cut a couple subscriptions. I also doubled up with my roommate to make sure because at one point we were both paying for hulu both paying for Mm. netflix both paying for this and then talking to my parents like hey so you guys (laughs) use my netflix i'm thinking about cutting it and then they're like no please keep it i'm like okay 75 dollars yeah literally let's split this (laughs) okay other budgeting tip i would learn how to cook yes i this one i'm really bad at um as well it's a journey you know i'm in my journey of saving money but I am not a cook. I literally, I think it's the idea of how much work goes into it because you don't only have to make the food, you have to clean. And it's both things that I don't enjoy. So I don't do it. However, if you want like a really low budget week, cooking and just like eating the things that you buy at the grocery store is like the best way to do it. I think also, I definitely feel like sometimes you eat something at a restaurant and you're like, oh, this is so good. But if you learn how to make it, then you never have to spend $30, $40 on that thing again, you know? Because I used to always go out for specifically, like, Asian and Mexican food. Like, I always would go out because it felt like a good deal to me because, like, bro, like, I love brunch, but I can make brunch at home, you know? Yeah. Like, but then once I, like, learned how to cook and, like, really, like, tried a couple times and failed, like, yeah, you can't do it right <laughs> the first time, duh. Like, it's not going to be that good. But if you do it five, four, six times, then you get you good. You hit the spot. And then you feel really good about yourself and then you don't have to go out as much. So so kind of segueing here into something that has to do with money that Elle and I both feel passionate about creating awareness is uh, pyramid schemes. <laughs> yeah, the reason why. So just to like, let you know, I know a lot about pyramid schemes. Like I probably know too much. But the thing is, is they just really target vulnerable, specifically women. They target vulnerable women, women who are full-time moms and just want another income or Mm -hmm. people that are struggling that just want additional income. And for me, that's just really upsetting because it's not a good way to make money. No. And what... Yeah, maybe you're thinking pyramid schemes are they're illegal. Yes, but multi-level marketing isn't, and that's basically the same technique. That's yes. a scheme. And what do you need to look out for? <laughs> I guess like my red flags. my red flags for pyramid schemes is when someone does like a post on social media because they're very popular on social media now because yes. they're selling you a lifestyle, right? They they will say like you get to make your own hours and you grow your own business and you're independent and you're a businesswoman, and then they hit you with. Basically, the red flags are if you have to make an initial investment, yes, like a big investment of like or product or anything. And the big thing that differentiates a pyramid scheme from multi-level marketing is the fact that there's a product that they're selling. So that's why technically it's not a, a pyramid scheme, quote unquote. However, since you're investing money on this product that then you have to sell, but you can also make money if you recruit other people to work for you basically under you, Mm -hmm. they get part of your commission of selling those products. And if the biggest way for you to make money is to recruit other people, baby, you're part of a pyramid scheme. Yes. I would say another sign is someone's trying to get you to start your own business and they don't really talk about the product first. They talk about the lifestyle first. Mm. You know, like just like Berenice said, like the make your own hours, you're independent. If they talk about that or they're like, hey, girl, are you interested in starting your own business and being your own boss? But they but they don't tell you what you're selling. (laughs) 
That's a red flag. Very right? generic. Not a lot of like, what does this entail? Just like business. <laughs> yes. Like, hey, girl, hey. The reason why I feel like multi-level marketing is so kind of like perverse is and why I feel like people should avoid it is that I think that most people who have a business mindset could do something on their own mm-hmm. and make more money and actually start something that is theirs. But and it's so easy. So I kind of wanted to like also talk about like what we think is a better idea than multi-level marketing. Oh, okay, you know? Okay. Yeah. So I would say those are like the main attributes of a pyramid scheme. Stay away from them. And the thing is, is people are like, it's not a pyramid scheme. It's not a pyramid scheme. I'm actually making money. Are you like, like what? <laughs> how much are we talking about? Like how much? Because the thing is, is how much effort are you putting into it hours wise? Like you might be making money, but if you're working 20 hours a week and you only have like what percentage of the product like value is it that you're getting back? How much from your initial investment have you actually like seen the return from? Mm -hmm. And also, I would say, look at like who's who's making the most money out of your business, because if it's the company or it's the person that recruited you is an issue they're they're getting jump money girl <laughs> and the thing is is you should not have to recruit other workers right like you should be able to sell a product mm-hmm. if that's what your business is is selling a product you shouldn't have to recruit anyone what you should be getting is recruiting customers not other sellers another thing that goes with this because again we're super passionate about this basically you're a contractor for a company so you don't get health insurance you don't get anything from this company so you're still working for somebody from a contractor that isn't benefiting you in any other way other than like this idea of you are building a community with other women who are empowering each other right so i would think that you can do you can all the the thing that they're trying to sell is a good thing being your own Mm. boss being independent making your own hours those are all desirable there's just a better way to get there and i think the things that i would say is that you know find a niche of something that you're passionate about and then just build working on building yourself i think that starting your own business might seem scary but it's a lot less scary than or it's a lot less of an investment than like buying a starter kit for a thousand dollars and then never selling it i see those all the time on like facebook buy sales like you know, yeah. so and, I'm not gonna name names. So and so lot, <laughs> like getting out of the biz, like yeah, and people trying to recruit any part of their inventory. And I think I'm passionate about this because I legit get hit up on like Instagram maybe twice a day Me about too. joining a pyramid scheme. I'm like, would I LinkedIn? Do, do I look like I'd be good at it? <laughs> okay, this is so one time I was like. I got this, like, I had two interviews, and this guy made it seem like it was an interview for a job. But then, like, when it came down to it, it was a pyramid scheme. But he met me in, like, we had, like, serious, like, dress-up interviews in hotels. And he was like, I'm just in town for, like, the day. And then I was talking, and then I was like, so what are we selling here? Because <laughs> it was this was right out of college. I was desperate. And, like, I was literally, like, I need a job. And so I pl- so he recruited me and was like, I'd love to meet with you about this opportunity and within our company i think you'd be really great fit and then i was like so what does your company do and he was really vague about it and it was like really scary and then he was like hey i just want to say that it was a very disappointment that you didn't like join our gang like (laughs) but i basically found out it was a pyramid scheme he he, he got mad at me for like not joining and i was like um (laughs) okay if you're still wondering what's a pyramid scheme how does it work i would really recommend the pyramid scheme episode of sunny always sunny oh yep Always sunny. Always sunny. Always sunny. 
fans. And that episode is amazing. It explains pyramid schemes. It does it in a magnificent, degenerate way. And it's a good laugh. It's a good laugh. So better ways. So I would say so one of my biggest hustles that I've always made money off of when I'm in kind of in a I need Tough money. Spot. Yeah. So I flip clothing. I know now it's like a hot topic because mm-hmm. like of Depop and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, which is so funny to me because I've been doing this. I've been flipping clothes online for, oh, Jesus, like five, six, seven years, like a long time. I think the thing that people don't like is when people buy like youth T-shirts for like two dollars and then mm. want 30. My thing is, is that my biggest flip is that I bought a um, free people leather dress that this country singer had worn and it still had tags on it. I bought it on Labor Day at the Value Village on Capitol Hill, RIP. I bought it for like 20 bucks and I flipped it for 100. Now, originally the dress and the tags on it had $200. So that person still was getting a deal, but I just made 80 fucking dollars off of that. Absolutely. So flipping, but the thing I like about it is I already like thrifting. So it's like I already go thrifting for myself. So like Mm -hmm. thrifting through sizes and finding like really easy to sell brands and then flipping it online has been my funnest way to make money because I already like doing that. So I'd say like find a niche of what you like doing and like make it profitable. Absolutely. My last trip at Goodwill last weekend, I found a bag and I was like, "Mm, this looks expensive. I looked it up. It was uh, like being sold on other websites for $80. It was originally like a $160 bag and I bought it for five bucks. Yeah. So like if that's your hustle, just like put the time literally when you're at a store, just Mm -hmm. look up the brand. Yeah, so that's just one example. I think another thing is is why, you know, going back to pyramid schemes is they want you to invest like a thousand dollars into mm-hmm. something. You can learn a skill on YouTube. Yeah, you can. And then you know, go on Fiverr and sell it for really low costs or even just reach out to people that you know. Um, I know Berenice, like you've been doing graphic design stuff because mm-hmm. You know, that's but that's a skill that you kind of developed. And I think that a lot of people might spend all this time hustling, trying to get people under them and try to get people to like want to buy into this pyramid scheme when they could be using it to grab the skill. That's very true. And in the long run. Purpose your energy for what you really want to do, you know, not for just something that's going to get you out of the bind that you get stuck for with the long run. And then I also see people like the things that I buy off of TikTok a lot of the times are something that... I never would think about, but it's something like some somebody solved a problem for themselves. Like the thing I saw recently that I was like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have seen this was they make book covers that are all like the same or they're all like monochrome Mm -hmm. so that you replace your book covers. This is like a book thing. But if you replace your book (laughs) covers on your shelf, they would all be monochrome, even though they're totally different books. So for the the aesthetics, which I would never I would never think about doing. But I was like, I might buy this from this girl. So like I think solving your own problem and then putting yourself out there. TikTok's a great place to reach people Mm -hmm. for your small business. So get grinding. (laughs) If you want to, you can also not profit off of a hobby. That's true. I agree with that, too. (laughs) Having a hobby that it's just for you is also nice. Yes. Okay. so I don't know if this is related or not related, but it kind of is. I would just really want to say to young people, I know that right now it's really attractive to start an OnlyFans or some kind of sex work related online business. And I think that until you're like 
I don't know. I want to say like 25. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying like I saw a bad baby this week. She like started 18. Boom. She started off in OnlyFans. And while she made a million dollars, that's not true for most people. And I think people don't Mm -hmm. understand if they really want that kind of content of themselves on the Internet. So I'm not going to lie. Like I've been in situations where I've seriously taken it into consideration. Right. Like really thought about it. But I'm happy I didn't because the long term implications versus the short term costs. So I'm not saying like it's bad if you do it. I'm just saying like it's not just like a thing that you do and it like goes away. The Internet's forever. Okay, so Ella is an econ major and our one of my favorite things that the only thing I remember about my econ class is opportunity cost. And I just love opportunity cost. Ella, our econ major, would you like to explain what opportunity cost is? Yes, my bachelor's of science. (laughs) So opportunity cost is all the things you have to give. So you have a cost of something like the cost of going on a trip. It's not just how much that trip costs. It also includes the things like um, taking work off for the week getting a dog sitter. There's a lot of other things. So think of all things that are foregone for making this choice. So if you choose to eat out, what are you foregoing? And like just thinking about... Analyzing your choices. Mm -hmm. Like a good way to think about it is like, okay, yeah, a meal is $25. That's an hour that you just work. Right. That's gas that you just spent. What is it that was the alternative? Right. Which is eating at home. And so just thinking a little bit more critically about choices. And I think with budgeting, I think that's a really good like way to end is way to think about money is that, yeah, money comes and goes, but it is a choice. It creates options for you. Absolutely. So just try to keep an open mind and maybe just think a little bit deeper into your choices with your money. Mm-hmm. Well, that is the episode for today. All right. Plugs of the week. So I'm really excited. So my plug of the week is Rosalie Body Works. You can find them at Rosalie Body Works on Instagram and TikTok. I saw this on TikTok and I was like, let me buy this. Make sure it's legit because they are a small business. And it is body oils. It's candles that turn into body oils. And they're so cute. I don't know how they source these teacups. The teacups are so aesthetically pleasing. I bought three and they have a drop when this op the on the 14th for Mother's Day. So they're coming up with a cute Mother's Day collection. They're $10, so super affordable for these teacup sets. I would highly recommend. They're literally so cute. So Ella showed cute. me, and I'm going to go by. All right. So my plug of the week is Ivy's Tico. It's black-owned small business. You can go get a custom blend or different tea blends as well as like cute little like tea accessories if you are into that life. I know we love tea. We're literally like little crackheads for tea because it's like just the right amount of caffeine where I don't get an anxiety attack. So definitely check them out. And then once you buy stuff from there, just like tell us what you think. Like let us know. Yes. And also, please follow us on TikTok. We're at (laughs) thanks for your concern because I'm going to be doing some deep dive reviews on I just did like a small business haul to make sure that everything I'm recommending to you guys is legit AF. Absolutely. And remember that if you know a awesome small business artist, author, whoever that you want us to shout out on the podcast, Go ahead and DM us on any of our socials. We would love to hear from you. A big thing that we love to do is making sure that the things that we are sharing are accessible. So obviously, if like you really like a brand that's like hundreds of dollars, like feel free to let us know. But also, we want people to be able to acquire those items. Right. (laughs) Easily. All right, you guys. That is the episode. I had a lot of fun. I hope that... 
you take in some of this wisdom because let me just say, I wish I had it when I was 18 or, you know what, this is good advice for anybody, but especially <laughs> when I was younger, I wish I had this advice because to be honest, I didn't have, I didn't have it. So I'm happy that we can talk about what we learned. Yeah. I hope everybody gets rich and we can all be happy and rich. Together. I love that. And then you can all, buy, um, we can buy each other cigarettes so we never have to birth our own kids. If you guys want to sp- support another small business, subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe rate us please you can find us on instagram at thanks for your concern that's with the number four and you can find me personally at ella l tutor and at berenice diaz m bye right. bye <laughs> <laughs>